What a beautiful day. Fall is coming, and uh, fall is one of my favorite times of the year, and it's just wonderful. Praise God. So thankful to be here. So thankful to be a part of God's family. Uh, as I shared earlier during Bible class, I, I really do miss uh, the assembly. I miss the brethren when I go abroad. And so, uh, once again, I'm really thankful to be here. I have a couple of uh, sweet words of encouragement and then a couple of announcements, and then we're going to jump right into our lesson this morning. So here's the words of encouragement. Eric Johnson, I so appreciate how you are able to naturally share the truth of God's word. You use such uh, engaging examples to drive the important points home, like don't ever forget that God is answering prayer. It just probably is slower than what we want. So could you grab that, give that to Eric? Let's give it up for Eric. Woohoo! You know, Eric, there are some Christian uh, comedians, and uh, I'll tell you what, you do a great job. I, you can rival those guys, man. They teach the truth and make you laugh at the same time, and so do you. So, uh, Scott, your Bible class message was dynamic and very timely. Uh, amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Thank you for studying the scriptures and communicating it in an, an understanding way. So let's give it up for Scott. Good job. All right. Well, I have several announcements I need to share. Uh, number one, there is a pumpkin spice holiday bazaar meeting right after assembly today. So we'll make sure that we're on track for uh, the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. Very excited. Michael, thank you. The, the front is looking gorgeous. Uh, we have a vision of beautiful weather on October 28th. Little, little, little tents out there where people can dine because we do have one of my former marketing students who's got this amazing pit barbecue that he's bringing. So I can just see it out there. People will be coming just from the smell down 58. It's going to be great. So anyway... Just Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar meeting today. College-age dinner. We haven't had college-age dinner, it seems like, in a month or two. Well, we're going to have it tomorrow night. Uh, pulled pork sandwiches at the Compton Homestead starting around what time, honey? Six o'clock? Six o'clock. So be there or be hungry. Uh, now, next week, I got, this, I got this list. I mean, it's like a list a mile long. Next Sunday... Uh, I have been told by very reliable sources that I am not going to be here. <laughs> and therefore, Scott's going to cover Bible class. Jeff Drillinger is going to cover uh, Sunday morning assembly. And since very few people will be left, there will be no assembly Sunday evening. Now, the following Sunday, I still won't be here. But you know what? Life usually runs really kind of nicely when I'm not around. So... You know, maybe I should stay away more often. So, uh, I'm just joking. So anyway, so on the 24th, Scott's doing Bible class, the AM assembly. Again, Jeff will be preaching. And then Kirk's going to cover the evening assembly. And then Kirk has been so kind as also to cover my Wednesday evening assemblies uh, this week and uh, next week. Or is it? No, it's uh, 17th and the... Or that. After I'm gone, he's going to take care of the Wednesday nights. My list here is like crazy. And oh, by the way, fellowship dinner has been moved to uh, the last Sunday 
of the month, which would be the 24th. And we do have some birthdays today. I'm excited about these birthdays. All right, let's see. The first birthday is Jeff Drillinger. Let's give it up for Jeff Drillinger. Come on down, Jeff. We're going to see. Come on, Jeff. Come on. Come on, Jeff. Okay. So, Jeff's, Jeff's not coming down. So, Afia, is she here? Where are you? Oh, there are you. Okay, I love that little smile. You know, you remind me of your mommy when she was a little girl. Have you seen pictures of your mommy when she was a little girl? She looked just like you. Isn't that cool? Anyway, how old are you now? How old are you going to be? Six years old. All right. Wow. What a magical age. Six years old. Anybody else got a birthday? <coughs> Lexi, your birthday? Next week? I were no, I'm not going to be here. You're not going to be here. So we're going to sing to you right now. All right. <laughs> so Lexi, happy birthday next week. In fact, I think we're celebrating with you in Montana. Isn't that how that goes? All right, here we go. So Lexi is going to go see my son Ryan married. So that's great. It's wonderful. So here we go. Afia, are you ready? Okay, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. That was great. Well, I think I got all the announcements, all of the words of encouragement, all the birthdays. One more. Wait a minute. Did we forget her? No, it's kind of a mutual. All right. I remember as at one of your weddings. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wasn't that an amazing time? Oh, it was a, it was a wonderful day, actually. But you know what? I felt like an old man because my wife had to help me up that little, little, little incline up to the house. It was like, wow. But you guys look great compared to me, I think. You look awesome. So, I think your second ceremony was a lot sweeter. It was much smoother. And people showed up. Isn't that great? All right. Well... Happy anniversary. All right, that's great. Thanks for reminding me. That's great. Okay, well, let's grab our Bibles and let's not turn to Romans 10. I want you to turn your Bibles and turn to the book of Habakkuk. You said, Habakkuk, what? You got to sneeze? No, Habakkuk. It's actually right close to the New Testament. It's one of those little tiny ones. If you count five books back from Matthew, you'll hit Habakkuk. It's only... Three chapters, maybe a page, maybe a page and a half. We're going to start there. But I'd like you to look at your lesson plan, if you would. Your lesson plan. The lesson plan for this morning is interesting. It says the foundation of the fear of God. The foundation of the fear of God is actually faith and love for him. Now that seems kind of strange. When, when I was growing up, I was in a church that they preached damnation, hell, fire, and brimstone to keep people in line. 
And uh, I remember getting smacked up a lot, uh, smacked around a lot by by the teachers in the school I was in, and uh, also the the uh, um, don't want to use the term, correct terminology. The uh, man who stood up front and preached uh, uh, punched me really hard, uh, knocked me to the ground because I didn't know how to fold my hands. So fear of God was manifest through those preachers and teachers. And so I quit going to church. And once I came back to the Lord, because I was a little kid back then, because you know, little kids are, are tight with the Lord. It's the adults sometimes got things messed up. But uh, when I came back, I had this, this conundrum. Okay, so... I'm, I'm supposed to not fear the world. I'm supposed to not fear man. I'm supposed to not fear the craziness going on. And you know what? There's been craziness going on a long time. It's not just recent, all right? So here I'm, I'm not supposed to fear all this stuff in the world, but I'm fearing this stuff in the world. And I'm supposed to fear God, like he's going to damn my soul to hell if I don't do it right. So I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. And then we're taught, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going, wait a minute. I'm terrified of God damning my soul to hell. And I'm terrified of the world and all the awful things in it. And I'm supposed to rejoice. There's a problem here, Houston. There's a problem. The problem is, is that for a Christian, you're supposed to be drawn, you're supposed to be motivated by your love for God and his love for you, by your faith in God and his faith in you. The fear of God actually is produced by our faith as we stand in awe of what he is and love for what he's done for us. You see, the fear of God actually is the foundation for, for faith. As we, as we, or faith is the foundation for the fear of God, because as, as we grow in understanding of who he is, we are in awe of his greatness and our insignificance, and yet he makes us more than adequate, as Jeff said. He makes us adequate. I, I'm oftentimes in awe of, of his eternal greatness and my insignificance in relationship, and yet I am the apple of his eye. You are the chosen precious child that he was willing to die for. You see, so... So understanding who Jesus is and understanding the great love that he has for us causes us to have the correct fear, a fear that gives us a sense of awe and a fear that causes us to adore him and love him and lay our lives down before him. You see, I'll, I'll illustrate that crazy conundrum I had, and I think people still do. I think people still think, oh, you know, God is looking to damn my soul, and I, I messed up again today. 
and the world has come crashing in, I'm in a really bad place. You're not with the Lord. Did you know that in World War II, Stalin, the premier for Soviet Union, and Hitler, the premier for Germany, made a pact. Hey, we're going to be buddies, and we're going to divide the world up. Until Hitler changed his mind and decided, I want your oil fields. And so he actually plowed right through Poland, right into the Soviet Union, and it was heading towards the oil fields, and he ended up there. That he was Hitler's army was stopped at Stalingrad. You know the terrible thing about the Soviet army? They had a conundrum, just like I spoke. The soldiers were forced to go into the meat grinder of Nazi Germany. And if they chose not to do that, if they chose not to go in and fight, if they tried to retreat, guess who was there waiting for them with machine guns? Soviet soldiers would kill those who would run back to their lines. So they were caught between fearing their own soldiers and fearing the soldiers of Nazi Germany. That is not what Christianity is. That is not. The fear of God is something that should motivate us. I, I want to read this passage in the book of Habakkuk. Chapter 3. Habakkuk in chapter 3. Verse 16 through 19. My lovely bride came in when I was working, uh, what was yesterday or the day before? Uh, I don't know if I was studying for today or whatever, but she came in and says, have you, have, you heard of, have you heard of IP3? Sounds like some kind of exercise program. No, I don't need one of those. Okay, I, mean, I don't need another one of those. The one I got is already tough enough. Okay, how many heard? They have all sorts of weird names for those things, right? So IP3, I go, what's IP3? And she goes, uh, it's initiative Petition 3 for the state of Oregon. She goes, you know what it's about? And I go, no. She goes, let me read it to you. Some knucklehead, or knuckleheads, talk about the craziness in the cage. Some knucklehead decided that it's evil to raise animals and kill them for food. Therefore, Oregonians cannot, if it passes... If it goes to the voters and it passes, it'll be illegal to raise animals. It'll be illegal to breed animals because that is, that is like rape and uh, you know murder and rape, and we can't have that. Now, how many think that that's absolutely insanity? See a show of hands? You don't have to raise your hands because I know you're thinking, that's insanity, all right? Some of the things that have passed in Oregon, I thought, there's absolutely no way. And so when Sharon brought that to my attention, I went, oh, no. And of course, my mind spins out, be anxious for nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. Listen to the faith of this man, Habakkuk. Embrace his faith in God. In light of the craziness that can happen in the world. His faith is awesome. This is a picture for you and I in this craziness. Notice Habakkuk feared God. 
with a reverential fear and awe and how great he was and how awesome his love for him is. And he said, I am going to stand with God no matter what comes. Kind of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Kind of like Daniel. Kind of like Jesus. Kind of like you and I. Amen. Listen to this. I heard and my inward parts trembled. At the sound, my lips quivered. Decay enters my bones. And in my place, I tremble because I must wait quietly for the day of distress. For the people to arise who will invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom and there be no fruit on the vines, though the, though the yield of the olive should fail and the fields produce no food, though the flock should be cut off from the fold and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He has made my feet like hinds feet and makes me walk on high places. You hear the, the, the absolute awe this man has of God that no matter what happens, God is sovereign, God is in control. No matter if the famine comes, I am going to stay faithful to God. You can't do that if you think, oh, I make a mistake and I'm going to be damned. <coughs> See, the gospel, the good news of what God has done for you and what God is doing in you is what motivate us, motivates us, not the law of condemnation. I was studying with uh, two young men who want to be preachers, Stephen and, and Brayden. And we've gone through the same passage. This passage is awesome. It talks about the law is made for the godless man and the sinner. But the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of who he is and what he's done for your soul, he's given himself fully to the point of sacrificing it all for you. That's how much he loves you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Brother, I don't know about you, but whatever the world throws my way, God is sovereign and God will provide. He knows the day of my death. Our dear brother, just la two days ago, Friday night, I was with him and a bunch of other of his comrades in arms, and they were describing the incident of recent that we know about, and he was saying, and he started to preach. This is the coolest thing. Brian preaching. Brian preaching to a bunch of his uh, comrades he said look that wasn't my day God has my day appointed I'm trusting in him he says I will not leave this earth until he decides I will live faithfully for him he is preaching this to a bunch of people who do not believe in God and then he looks to the, the minister that was the minister that opened his church building up for this. He goes, I have, I have no disrespect, preacher, but I want my preacher to pray. So I pray. You see, the power of knowing that God is sovereign, that nothing is going to happen to you if you remain faithful and are serving him. 
The day that it's, it's your appointed day, however you pass, it's by God's design. And you and I can glorify God in that day, just like Jesus glorified God in his magnificent love and character, even in his last breath. We'll be that people if we will be men and women of faith, men and women of love, the faith of Christ and the love of God. Fear no one but God, but have a reverential fear. For you are a Christian, a beloved son, the bride of Christ, how he loves you and how he believes in you and me. Amen? That's my introduction. Now we can go to the scripture. Let's look at point number one. Point number one is all about faith. Faith. How big is our faith? We need to grow our faith. And how do we do that? Well, let's take a look. Romans chapter 10. Romans 10. Many of you are very familiar with this passage. I, I love this, this, this passage of scripture. And uh, I'm, we're also going to look at Isaiah 52, uh, maybe. Looks like we're probably only going to get one of my points done today. My, my introduction was a little bit long, a little bit zealous. But that's okay. I wanted you to know that we're on the winning team. And God loves you and me, and he's, in, he's empowering us to take it to the day of eternity. Well, look at Romans chapter 10 and, and beginning in verse 8. Romans 10 and verse 8. Familiar passage, but with great meaning. But, but what does it say? What does righteousness say? The it is righteousness in the context. But what does the righteousness of God say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, as, as master, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. Now take a look at the next verse. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they're sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things, who brings the gospel of great joy. Verse 16, however, they did not all obey the good news. They did not all obey the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of Christ. Very quickly, is Jesus Lord of your life? Not Savior now. Lord. Is he Lord of your life? How you use your time, how you invest your gifts, talents, and abilities, how you invest your resources, how you give your, what you give yourself to is who you have as Lord or what you have as Lord. Examine yourself once again. 
You see, if you have given yourself to the Lord Jesus, then you'll be living for his purpose. You'll be living for his mission. You'll be living to fulfill his vision. What is his purpose? That through you and I, people would actually see the character of Christ. Through you and I, people would hear the great message of salvation. Through you and I, people would see that heaven will be filled with those who decide to be obedient to him, to clothe themselves in the righteousness of Christ through faith. You see, there's the power. Now, if you're fearful, you're only going to do the minimum. Have you ever noticed that? How many have ever noticed that? When you're on the job and you're fearful of what the boss is going to say or what the boss is going to do if you step outside of the box to improve or to be better or to excel. Have you ever had a boss like that? Do you ever step out of the box that they give you? Of course you don't. But how many have ever had bosses or coaches that call you to excel in your individual giftedness? And you use and apply that giftedness. And all of a sudden, people are blessed. And you excel. You see, fear does fear of punishment does not drive that. And a sense of awe and adoration, devotion and appreciation for that great leader, that great coach, that teacher. That's what will drive you. Do you see the difference? Do not let religion dictate what the fear of God is. Your faith in him, as you grow your faith, your adoration and awe and devotion will grow. You know, it's interesting. Everybody knows the scripture, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. The question is, is do you place yourself in environments that you're hearing consistently the word of God each day. I run into my office first thing in the morning with my cup of coffee. I got to make sure I have my coffee. I know that I'm addicted. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm in the word. I'm focused. And it helps me. As I was sharing this morning, there are times that I get so busy, which is too busy, Wrong mindset, wrong parties. I'm too busy. I jump right into my day. I forget to read, which means I forget to listen to God. I forget to pray about the big events that are so overwhelming, I got to get to them first. And guess what? I forget to ask to help me. How do you think my day goes? Well, you know, don't you? Because maybe you've done that too. As Eric said, you know, this is kind of a common thing to many of us as you're sharing, and that's why... The way you speak, man, is funny because I go, yep, yep, I've been there, done that more than once. See, we can relate. It's so important for us to recognize then. That word, listening to God, comes first. He helps us. He gets our mindset right. And then we ask him for specific help, for specific events, specific things. He empowers us because our heart is open. See, that is an amazing love relationship. That is an amazing relationship of I have faith in him and he has faith in me. Have you ever had a great leader put faith in you when you didn't have faith in yourself? 
And because they said, I have faith in you, I know you can do it, you step out in faith, believing that what he has called you to, you are able, and guess what happens? You excel. That's the beauty of truly understanding how faith is a foundation for what is truly the fear of God. Awe, adoration, devotion, and a decision to sacrifice yourself for the Lord. Fear will never do that. The fear of God will never, punishment will never drive you to that point of laying it all down. But love will. And so next time I'm here, three weeks from now, I will finish this sermon. So it means you'll probably hear the first part of the sermon again, but in Reader's Digest version. All right? So we can get done. So remember, faith is the foundation, but faith and love are the two pillars of the foundation to drive us forward in serving the Lord out of a true reverential fear of our Father in Heaven. Amen? All right, let's close the word of prayer. Thank you, Father. You are so gracious and so kind and so loving. Father, as was shared by our brother Jeff, you know, before we were Christians, we had no adequacy. We always thought it was built upon something that was in us and how oftentimes what's in us fails because we are frail and we are only temporary and our knowledge and our understanding is limited. And so, Father, uh, we're so thankful that we have come, many of us have come to an understanding that it is you, Holy Father, who makes us adequate. It is you who gives us what we need to be more than conquerors, to be liberators, great men and women of confidence and hope and courage. Father, we praise you and thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you are. We fear you, dear Heavenly Father, but with a fear reverential, a fear of in awe and adoration, a fear of devotion and sacrificial service. How we praise you, dear Heavenly Father, for this wonderful, sweet relationship. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's all stand. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right. Let's go take care of it.